Revolution from your bed, season 2, episode 6. Welcome aboard, guys. I just came back from a 7km walk. How does a POTS patient who is legally 100% disabled walk to 7km? This is definitely not a miracle. It's all about willpower. So we're going to talk a lot about willpower and how, how everything is basically in our heads and in our mindset. But today I wanted to focus on walking and how walking really rehabilitated me. Walking really changed my life. When I was extremely ill, I couldn't barely leave bed. I could not stand for more than around 30 seconds, uh, let alone walking was almost impossible to me. And in my condition, POT syndrome, we have this paradox that our body gets deconditioned, like deteriorating and there is some muscle atrophy going on, so I mean that the muscles are getting very weak in the leg. But the problem is that in order to be healthy, you need to do exercise, but you cannot do exercise because you have what we call exercise intolerance. So we are basically not able to do exercise, but we have to do exercise. And unless somebody can do exercise for us externally, which we have technologies like this to make muscles stronger, we have EMS suits, which I use too, but those suits are helping you build muscles. They're not helping with cardiovascular activity or what we call cardio when we go to the gym or go to work out. So how can I deal with such a chicken and egg problem? And for me, my rehabilitation story is long enough, but I had to start making my muscles stronger, but eventually I had to do some sort of aerobic activity. And... I've learned that the healthiest thing I can do to my pot in order to restore some muscle mass to my shins, to my lower leg parts, which help push the blood back up to the heart because we have something called the vein pooling. The blood is just staying in the leg and it's even worse for us. We can even faint more than we already are. So what I had to do is basically reach a point to cross this threshold and actually start walking. And my problem was, again, that it was almost unbearable for me to walk more than a few steps, assisted, of course, with somebody because I can fall and faint. But after a few weeks of trying and trying and trying and working in my bed on restoring some muscle mass, uh, using those rubber bands that they use in physical therapy sometimes, or it, at gyms, I was given two rubber bands by a physical therapist. I think she did it even unlawfully. But she might have saved my life by doing so, and I thank her for that. The anonymous physical therapist. Those two rubber bands basically were the ones who really made me walk again because I would just stretch my ankles and my feet against them and try to pull back and contradict it. And in the first few days, I would, of course, faint just from the exertion of trying to do something with my muscles. But after a few weeks, I was strong enough, providing again, back then I started to take some medication to help me get out of bed. And I had to do a lot of functional medical stuff. So my vitamin D was almost at zero. I had to restore it. I had to restore it a lot of other nutrients. And with the help of a Chinese doctor, Chinese medicine therapist, I was able to give my body a lot of the necessities he needed to get better. But eventually I had to make the first steps, literally. And what I did was basically to use the rubber bands and slowly but surely 
try to get out of bed, and slowly but surely again stand and reach the point that I don't faint after 30 seconds. And how do you do that? You, you need to move. So I had to dance around on the spot to really kind of make some noise with my legs, kind of stump them around to make blood go up before I get up for like a minute or two and then get up and then try to move as much as I can before I faint again. But after a few weeks like this, my legs were strong enough and there were blood coming back again. Remember, no physical therapy, rehabilitation, hospital facility were willing to treat me. I was too sick for them. They didn't know how to treat me. And of course, the to date would have been a, a huge thing going to the news that it's completely neglection, maybe even close to malpractice. But back then, I was already fed up with all the fighting against those windmills, and I've decided to do it myself. So after being able to stand and walk around in place, I had to walk assisted, like I had to lean on somebody, friends, family members, and so on. And I leaned on people for a few steps. And after, it took me, I think, two or three weeks to get to a point that I could walk by myself. And I'm going to make a very long story short. After around four or five months, I would walk really well. And my entire day was inclined. Nutritionally, sleep, everything was inclined. And everything was focused on this hour of walk. And then I had another goal because my main goal was to get back to college in the next studying year. And it was already mid-year, so I had around six months. I've decided I need to really walk. I didn't know how much exactly the walk is, but in our hometown, back in Israel, there is a stretch of walk that is kind of a city walk path that is recommended. You have signs every few hundred meters explaining stuff about health, and it's a running path or walking path. And I really wanted to end it. And I didn't know exactly how it was, but walking more and more and more and more and more and drinking a lot before it to kind of fool the pots because if you drink really a lot in a short time, you kind of eliminate some of the syndrome. It, it was horrible. I had to prepare two hours before the walk and be completely dead after the walk. But after six months or so, I've been able to walk around seven kilometers a day, this entire path and back by myself and come back home. <laughs> Funnily enough, so it was the only time after, right after the walk, because it's so hard to the body to deal with uh, climbing steps and anaerobic stuff, that it was the only time that I could climb a few steps during a day because your body is already flowing with blood everywhere and the blood pressure is good enough and you're kind of strong enough. But everything was about this walk. And during this walk, everything was about, now I know how to call it, everything was about mindfulness. You know, in the beginning, you're very afraid. You have some sort of anxiety. You're afraid you're going to faint, you're going to collapse, you're going to die of a heart attack. But after a few weeks of walking, you realize that after around 20 minutes or 50 minutes of walking, when you talk to runners, they will say the same after a few minutes because uh, for them it happens quicker. After, for me, around 15 minutes or 20 minutes, you get this endorphin run rush. And then it's like walking active meditation, that's how can I maybe describe it. You feel very serene, you're in your headspace, you're observing nature, you're smelling the air, you're seeing the light, if it's more dark, you're very aware, your sensors are sharp, but you're still in kind of a very cushioned headspace. And your flow of, of thoughts is very productive. And what I used to do 
is either listen to a podcast or listen to music. I had this playlist and you're in this walk and it's the only hour of your day or hour and a half that you are totally, utterly yourself. And then I realized that this is not only healthy for my body, this is healthy for my mind. And that without walk, everything is just much worse. Runners will tell it to you, and most runners, they are kind of addicted to this endorphin rush that happens there. And many people who run will tell you how healthy it is and how great they feel, and they cannot stop because they feel good about it. There are a lot of explanations in science why does it happen. Of course, that it's kind of a reward for doing something good for your body, but there are some theories and research that's telling that actually you kind of cushion the blow because running is not really healthy for your body, so the body is trying to kind of cushion the blow, kind of to avoid the pain and the suffer of it. But I'm not going to go deeper into the science here. Even though I have some scientific background, I just want to stress that every study I ever read about running versus walking shows that running is not as healthy as walking. And actually, the only proven exercise, and listen again, the World Heritage Organization has concluded like the only proven exercise that prolongs life is actually walking. Walking or some will stress jogging, kind of more fast walking or sportive walking. Actually, as far as I know, and you can send me an email and correct me, uh, last time that I've been to an academic environment and we studied these materials, the only two things that I know of that actually prolong life and be proven is actually consumption of fiber and walking. There are a lot of other factors, blue zones, of course, I know the science, and I'm just saying that walking is so, so healthy for you. And we are, as primates, probably are designed to walk or walk fast much better than we are designed to run. And we're probably not designed to run so well. And again, this is a huge debate and I'm trying to avoid this kind of corner. But for me, walking was a clear lifesaver. And it's a simple math for me. As a POTS patient, a day without walking is not a day, okay? But it have been times that I couldn't walk. Stresses of life, startups, so on, and flying for talks. And if I'm not walking for around two and a half weeks, I'm starting to show like exaggerated symptoms of POTS. And in around two months, if I stop walking completely, and I've seen it during the, the first quarantine, that in the first month and a half, my doctors instructed me basically not to leave home, even not to throw the trash out. It, my neighbor had to come and do it. And symptoms are just started to rise and you'll be back to bed in no time. So you have to always keep above this water line with pots. If you get to this exercise level, you can never neglect it. So I will never be an athlete. But if I'm able to walk and you need to understand like I was recommended to use a wheelchair by my doctor. I couldn't leave bed. And at sometimes I was recommended to use cane because I could barely walk, especially talk to me in the summer. But I'm reaching a point that I walk at least three kilometers a day. And how do I do it? It's because I reached this threshold, which is extremely hard to get. But if you stay in it, at least in our condition, you will get much better quality of life. And for the general people who listen right now, the thing about walking, it's much, much more simpler than started to run. And everybody that's talking to me about running versus walking, 
or just started to run or do some sort of activity, always have excuses. Okay, so I understand the excuses about running. I cannot do this, I have this medical problem, I'm too lazy, I don't have time, but walking? You know what I used to do when I was a student? Like, I used to get off the metro or the bus, like, one or two stations before my actual stations, just to reach more steps. And when I realized I cannot control it by myself, I just got a fitness tracker. Now I have an Apple Watch, so it's extremely helpful in maintaining this regime because you have to do some sort of a daily activity that is kind of recommended by the World Health Organization and there are other parameters there, but of course it's not completely adapted to me as a POTS chronic patient, but I have this minimum things that I'm not letting myself go. I had time, and you can ask my close friends, my girlfriend and so on, that I'm like 10 minutes before midnight and I'm missing 1,000 steps. So I will go out and walk for 1,000 steps or start walking in, in the side of home because I have to walk. For me, it's life and death. But what about you? What is your excuse to not start walking? To not start, instead of climbing one stair with the elevator at your workplace or your study place, not to take it up. And if you're too lazy, okay, don't take it up. But every time you go downstairs, just go with foot. Of course, unless you're disabled and you have any medical problems or conditions that you cannot. Walking is so simple. Like just put a pair of earphones or headphones on your head, put your favorite podcast. It doesn't have to be this one or your favorite music playlist and just walk. And if you can't believe me, just try. After... A few days of this, you will feel so much better. Your head will feel much clearer. Your thought patterns, your creativity will open up. And of course that everybody tells you all of your life that activity is important. And science is only now kind of understanding how important it is to be active. I'm not talking about intense activity. I'm not talking about good or bad trends of, of fitness that are meant to make us look better or muscular. This is not what I mean. I mean the basic necessity, like breathing, like eating, like sleeping. We have a basic necessity to move. And you see what's happening in the Western world when people at their 70s, they have arthritis and they can barely move and everything hurts. And my grandparents are like this. Everything hurts and they cannot move. And you go to, to the East, to China, to Japan and to Korea, and you see the same aged people, but they are active like 30 years old. Why? Because they keep active. They have daily exercises. They're dancing publicly in the streets with their friends every day. They do communal and personal things like Tai Chi, like again, dancing, like walking in the park. Like it's part, it's like a religion for them. And for us in the West, it's not always the case. And combined with shitty environment and shitty nutrition, it's not a good recipe for, for good health. So in order to prevent all of this, and again, I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert in the field. I just tell you what I think from my own experience and my education, that you need to start walking and see the difference that it can make in your life. The mind clarity that you can get while walking I cannot compare it to anything else I do at home. Even if I do yoga, it's a complete different zone. 
And I reach the point that I wake up every morning and I do 15 minutes of yoga or Tai Chi. I'll alternate. And if I do Tai Chi in the morning, I will do yoga in the evening. And then if the weather allows, I will go out while it's still a bit sunny, but not too much because of my pot. And I will walk for an hour at least. And I will listen to a podcast, listen to music. For me, it's kind of the, I like to listen to podcasts about music. And then when you come back home, of course, I'm exhausted because I'm not a regular human being. I'm completely different with my pods. But people are usually feel more energized after they're walking. And you can work better and you can create better and you can study better. So I don't want to hear any more excuses. A person who lost his ability to walk tells you that walking is the most important thing you can probably do to your body after nutrition, sleep and mindfulness. And for me, walking is mindfulness. And learning how to walk mindfully can really serve as an active meditation. If you have any comments or any knowledge or any ideas or insights about these experiences I experienced or other people experienced while walking, this sensation that it's completely uh, similar for me to yoga or meditation or about your experiences uh, walking or jogging, please share them. I'm just going to leave you with this image of me walking next to a beautiful river and it's sunny but not too sunny and there are beautiful trees and the air is starting to be springy and I'm listening to beautiful music in my ears and I feel the blood pumping and I feel good. And this is something that it's very rare for a chronic illness patient to say, that it feels good because we usually feel shitty all the time, 24-7. But when you walk, even though sometimes, yes, I have chest pains, it's hard, I'm still, I'm not a healthy person. Those precious moments that I feel good are priceless. Please don't miss the opportunity to feel them too. I'll see you next time.